Hey, I'm Sailor, and it's another episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. And to quote one of our beloved rock gods, music doesn't lie. If there is something to be changed in this world, then it can only happen through music. That's a quote from the late, great Jimi Hendrix. And before we get into tonight's topic, I just want to say a little something that I am dedicating this show tonight to two very beautiful, special people that sadly I lost um, in the past few weeks to ALS, Amy Stumbris Truman and Harv Harvey. I will think of you often, sending my love to your families, and fuck ALS. Well, for the listeners that might be new to the show, we do sometimes, often, typically compare two albums from one artist against each other, discuss, argue, and very unprofessionally debate the merits, and in the end, only one album or artist reigns supreme, but not tonight. No, not tonight. We are not, Jake. Again, we are not. Uh, but we are doing a battle typically. of some... Some sorts tonight. <laughs> it's still a battle, you jerks. But not. It is. Well, well. Oh, I think I'm predicting a bloodbath. Yeah, I was going to say. I think this one. I think this might be a, a serious battle because this is part three of our best of series, and tonight is guitar players, guys. This might get heated. Yes, indeed. Last time we discussed best rock and metal bass players, and tonight it will be our opinion of the Hammer Gods, guitar players. And then ultimately, as we mentioned on the last Best of Battle show, we will come up with our version of the ultimate heavy metal band. But before we get into our list, as always, we start with the whiskey and the pairing. Tonight we will skip that segment, however, and instead we will be discussing what we are drinking tonight and how our Black Friday whiskey purchases went down. <coughs> well. <clears throat> Who wants to Sailor? Start? Sailor, since, uh, since you've probably been using whiskey to... Um, help numb your body from your recent scooter accident <laughs> what uh what have you been consuming buying drinking well i couldn't drink for a little bit because it wouldn't have been very safe but you are correct that i've been using whiskey as a painkiller i do not take pain medication um but i got a cold right away so i couldn't really taste anything so i um <clears throat> i was taking some dayquil against my better judgment and then I love that vintage. Drink, oh, it's so good. And then drinking some whiskey, <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm not going to drink my expensive stuff. I'm not going to drink my favorite stuff. Um, my budget gets a little tighter around the holidays. So I've been drinking Evan Williams Green and Black Label like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> um, making hot toddies uh, by the bucket. So uh, that's, that's really... 
that's it for me. That's all. I, until my taste fully comes back, because I've also got cough drops in my mouth all the time. You know, I go for the low shelf, you know, good budget stuff that's still good stuff. And so that's uh, really all I've been drinking. On the spot cocktail naming. What is Evan Williams mixed with Dayquil? <laughs> I don't know. Mm. A will a quill? Oh, oh, not bad. Ooh. That kind of works. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I just happen to be drinking a little bit of the uh, the black bottle juice myself. Hey! Here, yeah, I'd get back to basics and something really solid here, Evan Williams Black. Um, I didn't acquire this on Black Friday, of course, but uh, drinking it tonight. Well, I'm drinking... Woodford Reserve Straight Malt Whiskey. Uh, just picked this bottle up, and um, yeah, I know we had covered it on a on an episode previous to this. I think Sailor, you were drinking it for a, a segment or something. Um, but man, it's it's really good. I haven't had a lot of experience with uh, you know American straight malts, more so American single malts. But and it's chocolate vanilla. It's super delicious. Recommend it to anybody. It's very good. Yeah. That's you, that's their uh, that's the signature series release for this year. The no, Masters no, this, co- the Masters <laughs> collection. I mean, no, this is the distill. This is part of their core range with their bourbon and their rye. So it's the, oh yeah oh yeah that the, yeah. is that the one with the blue the blue, like the blue yeah label? yeah yeah. I think the one I had was the Masters collection though because I had picked it up from a tasting, but I've had that that one as well. Oh, now it wasn't the it wasn't this one. I think I thought there was one in the Masters collection, and then they have. I mean, I could be totally. I think wrong. this year's there was, this year's but, Masters yeah, collection was, was cherry yeah. cherry barley malt or something. Well, maybe I'm yeah. getting it mixed up, but yeah, the no, the regular. Um, yeah, it's the blue label, and it's only like I think it's only well, things out here are very differently priced, but I think it was only like. 39 40 bucks in the store what'd you get it for matt it's the same price it's line price with their um their bourbon so 30 30 to 40 dollars yeah yeah now would you say that it um you know being that you're somebody that enjoys uh international whiskeys it seems like a lot of the uh and maybe this is just you know, for initial reaction, a lot of the uh, bourbon, bourbon-centric folks kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. Uh, I just wonder if, if you have your your palate is expansive enough to be able to enjoy it, whereas maybe somebody strictly bourbon might not. Well, of course, but I mean, I don't think there's any reason for someone who likes bourbon, especially someone who's a Woodford fan. To not like this. I mean, this is only, it's only 51% malted barley. I mean, 47% corn. So, I mean, you're not far off, um, you know, <clears throat> from, from a taste profile that a bourbon drinker would like. But this is my opinion. So, it's not like huh. a single malt, which is 100% barley. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, and, and still the overarching flavor is the signature woodsy, oaky uh, notes that you get from oh, Woodford. Yeah. That either people love or hate, but there's no reason for bourbon drinkers to look the other way. Just like they, they, you shouldn't look the other way with their rye. Their rye is phenomenal, mm-hmm. especially for the price. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, I'm drinking some uh, Colombian coffee, and I have uh, 
a tablespoon of uh, unrefined coconut oil in, mixed into it, as well as uh, a tablespoon of grass-fed uh, butter mixed into it. It's keto, keto coffee is what this is. Okay. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> You're just... Still not drinking, Jake. What the hell? Still not. No. I honestly, I've I've been uh, experiencing some some great success from a health standpoint. So I'm gonna push it a little bit farther and try to hit a couple more goals before the end of the before the end of the year. And and uh, so I'm sticking sticking tight to to the diet restrictions at the moment. Still, I can't wait until you start drinking again because you're gonna get <laughs> keto not Spartan. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So since you're not drinking, would you care to lead off um, anything you may have acquired on or around the Black Friday uh, or Thanksgiving? Uh, well, the. I I think the one bottle that you might be hinting towards I cannot discuss on this podcast because it is a was a private label acquisition. But maybe when the time comes and uh, and it's uh, maybe a little bit more public, then I'll then I'll discuss it. But for the time being, I can't actually discuss it. So secretive <laughs> okay. and fancy. Right. There's a little teaser for everyone. <laughs> maybe maybe when. Uh, It'll be like New Year or whatever. I'll maybe I'll do a cork pop of it right on the show, and we'll talk about it. There you go. <laughs> it was a fun, right. fun private group release, but uh, yeah. Well, this yeah, this was the first year I've ever done any Black Friday whiskey hunting, and or really much of anything. I usually will go out in the afternoon, maybe do a little Christmas shopping, no big deal. But um, for the past few years, it's become kind of a tradition in Illinois. Um, Goose Island Brewery in Chicago has annual releases of some of their very special barrel-aged stout beers. And um, so they've been releasing them on Black Friday. So me and my brother-in-law, Jeremy, we went and camped out, uh, not real early, about an hour before the store opened uh, to get some of the Goose Island goodness so i picked myself up a bottle of the their reserve which is the um their stout aged in 12 year old elijah craig bourbon barrels and also a couple of the standard offerings um they had a wide range but i needed to save my money for <laughs> some actual bourbon that's what i was gonna say so, ed yeah. uh you know you and i uh live in the great lakes corridor and uh which has really become uh the hot spot for for barrel aged beers between oh, goose yeah. island from chicago up to uh founders and uh and new, new holland. holland that yep. whole lake michigan corridor is really i mean Man, all it seems like all of the barrels from Kentucky just make their way straight north, right I up know. to Lake Michigan, because it's. I uh, know. Oh, yeah. yeah, Black Friday is is absolutely become uh, the big beer day. Uh, all all of our locals, it's 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 when they do the the Goose Island. It's when they'll do a lot of the the CBS, the KBS, basically all of your major barrel aged uh, beer releases all drop on on Black Friday. And, uh, but that's, yeah, that's not my big acquisition, though. Oh. My big oh, acquisition. Ooh. Well, Jeremy, he wanted to go hit another store. Um, Should you clarify who himself? 
Oh, yeah, I did. I said okay. earlier reference to my brother-in-law, Jeremy. Okay. And so from now on, I'm going to be referring to him as Jeremy. I, did, I must so, Yeah. <clears throat> Why don't you listen, yeah. Jake? Thanks, thanks, for being, <laughs> thanks for being so condescending. <laughs> so, anyway, so we went to hit a, a little, just a little, small little mom and pop shop in the middle of like a residential area of town. It's you and Jeremy. Ger- you out and of the Jeremy. Way. You and Jeremy. And, uh, yes. Okay. Me and Jeremy. <laughs> so he wanted to see if he could, he could just pop in and pick up another uh, bottle or two since, uh, you know, we were limited to how much we could buy at this bigger store. Um, so we went in there and he's standing in the line. I wasn't really interested in buying anymore. So I went kind of headed towards the, uh, the bourbon aisle and I was walking through and I looked down and I happened to see a very distinctive looking round bottle that looked like the outline, the turkey feathers on it. And like, Hmm. <laughs> and it, they looked a little dusty. I picked one up, kind of rubbed it off wild Turkey, Kentucky spirit. And I looked on the neck of the bottle, was handwritten, um, bottled in December something, 2014. And there was like four of these bottles sitting there on the shelf. And so I picked up, I held it up. Hey, hey, Jeremy, you want one of these? At first he said no. Then I said, are you sure? And he kind of looked at me, he's like, okay, grab me one. <laughs> you so didn't just take them I, all for yourself? Are so you I, I did leave What's one on the for? shelf. I was being a good, a good person. You could have sent I left it to one me. on the shelf, and uh, I bought two for myself, and he got one. Sailor, you know, and say, "Look what I found. Do you want one?" And I would say, "Yes, I will PayPal you right now." <laughs> Damn I'll make it. a point. I'll make a point to that philosophy. That like leave one on the shelf. I think that's a crap philosophy. I know a lot of guys say that, and it's like, "Oh, I'll just leave one on the shelf." If you leave one on the shelf, then uh, a flipper somebody that might not appreciate it anybody could grab it if if you are a responsible trader you know somebody that will will make sure it finds a good home then buy all of them buy all of them and and send it to a friend or or whatever send it somebody's gonna appreciate it but yeah i i've never been one like to leave it on the shelf because I would much rather see it go to somebody who's going to enjoy it rather than just leave it for anybody or worse. Well, it, trust me, if I would have had another extra 40 it, bucks to spend, it would have been mine. But I didn't. So I <laughs> you should have shelf. texted me. <sighs> I did know how I feel it. about Wilder. <clears throat> All right. How about anybody else? You got anything cool to talk about, Matt? I was, cons- I was considering going to uh, the store for some Bourbon County Stout in the Goose Island. But, you know, what Ed, you know, briefly mentioned the the standard offerings is our standard offerings by him. They're the stuff that people wait online for down here um, and in New Jersey. So, I mean, regular Bourbon County stout, you know, people will wait in line <laughs> around the building for. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, I'm a huge bourbon barrel stout guy and it's still in, in my top five probably. I wouldn't say it's the best. You know, some years have been better than others, but... Uh, I was considering it, but I changed my mind because I didn't feel like leaving the house after a huge Thanksgiving feast. But I've taken people's advice and I let them sit. Oh, yeah. For absolutely. a couple of years before I open them. I got a 2016 that I'm ready to open yeah. anytime now. And I got a couple of 2017s and now I got a couple of 2018s. Yeah, before we moved uh, down here, I was, I was trying to go through some of the beers that I had and drink some stuff and... Um, 
you know, pack some stuff and just kind of consolidate my collection. But uh, I had a 2012 that I that I've been saving, so I had it for about five Ooh. and a half years. Oh man, that was. And I kept it at the right, I kept it at the right temperature, um, kept it the I way it's supposed to be kept, and it's incredible, absolutely incredible. I think the BCBS uh, ones doesn't it say right on the label that like max aging is five years. I think yeah. it says right on the label like age it up to five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do suggest that on there. You're, you're correct. <clears throat> I found that fascinating. I but I had five I and a never, half, and it was perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was never one that was patient enough to actually uh, age, you know, the beer. But it always uh, fascinated me that the be- that beer would continue to age in the bottle, but yet, you know, your whiskey once it's in the bottle, it, I mean, Done. you might get just a tad bit of flattening if you know once it gets below that fifty percent mark. But well, I wouldn't really, say it, I wouldn't say the, the beer. I wouldn't say the beer ages. It certainly evolves over time in the bottle. Well, yeah, um, you yeah, know, yeah. You get you it, get it a lot more. You get alcoholy. Yeah. Well, isn't well, that kind of the definition of aging is evolving over time? Very true. Yeah. But depending, sometimes you get <laughs> sometimes you get more of a booze flavor depending on on the beer and, and stuff. But yeah, good stuff. All right, guys. All right. Well, shall we get into the topic of the night? I know everybody's chomping at the bit. <sighs> Had to stop you guys from conversing about the topic until we actually started the show so right. who got wants all, to start off? I got all 15 of my guitarists ready, ready dare, to go. Don't you Jake. Let's go over. Let's go over the parameters again. So <clears throat> we challenged ourselves to choose only five um, top <laughs> five guitarists. No, only <laughs> five in total. Um, top five guitarists of hard rock and metal. And mm-hmm. then to give our qualifying reasons why. So who wants to start off? Ed, you go. Oh, me? Oh, great. Put me <laughs> in the hot seat. I went first last time. All right. Well, this is the most challenging of all these that we're doing. I guarantee it. Um, I'll have a pretty easy time with the drummers, but the guitarist. Um, well, for one thing, the guitar is the only instrument I've ever played, the only instrument I've ever taken lessons on. So better than any of the other instruments, I have got a pretty good understanding of what it takes to play guitar well and how challenging it is. And one of the reasons I stopped playing is because my fingers just do not move the way they need to move to play guitar. I feel like <laughs> my fi- my fingers are all bound together by rubber bands when I'm trying to, you know, fret. But anyway. Um, Alright. So, before I give my list, I'll kind of describe the process I went through to try to narrow this down because I could have... 
off the top of my head, I could have named probably 30 great guitarists. Um, you know, so I tried to keep it into the narrower genre of hard and rock metal, hard rock and metal, as hard Sailor uh, said. And, you know, this forced me to eliminate uh, some of my my what I feel is our top guitarists or favorite guitarists, such as David Gilmore of Pink Floyd, The Edge of U2, and um, even like Joe Satriani, I felt, even though he's like a complete virtuoso. I mean, he was a mentor to Kirk Hammett of he's Metallica. And like, yeah, <laughs> so it, it kind of killed me, but I, you know, I had to do something to narrow down the, the possibilities here. Um, and if... You know, it's tempting to judge purely on technical ability, too. And so I had to balance that out with also innovation. Because there are a lot of guitarists that I consider innovators um, who are not as good technically as some of the newer players that they um, inspired. And so it was a little bit of a dance between going between those two. And I think some of the, my picks weighted a little more towards innovators and some weighted a little more towards um, technical ability, you know, a bit of a mix in there. Um, so, all right. I'll go in order. My, my number one and two are definitely my number one and two. The other three could kind of be in any order, but I'll go from kind of like five to one. Um, number five on my list, I have, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows, Randy Rhodes, um, who was a guitar player for Ozzy Osbourne for uh, a few years. Um, I, I He was one of my top candidates from the very beginning. Um, I had to justify it. I went and sought out some of his on YouTube, some of his solo work of him, his, some of his guitar solos, I was just blown away. You know, I knew he was a good guitarist, but I really did not know how good he was until I started watching through some of these videos of him playing. Um, so yeah, he's my, he's definitely one of my top fives. Um, number four, I have, um, another one of my top contenders. And again, I went back through, listened to some of his stuff, not what I would consider an innovator, but technically, he is one of the best guitar players, I think, um, in modern history. Um, his speed, I mean, this guy's a shredder. Some of the solo work he does is amazing, and that's Nuno Betancourt. And if you've heard the song, um, it's like, Play With Me, or Do You Want to Play, or whatever. The, it's just... It, I know it was featured on the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure soundtrack. Yeah, yep. It's some of the most amazing uh, tapping and everything of uh, fretboard that you'll ever hear. Who was it again? Nuno Betancourt of Extreme. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, number f three is Kirk Hammett of Metallica. Um, Kirk, the Ripper, has always been one of my favorite guitarists, and I may be a little biased in this this selection but again i did try to vet him as well i went back looked at, at a lot of his uh solo uh playing and that yeah i felt felt decent having him on my list but of course you know now these three i could trade out you know probably on a whim because i considered other uh guitarists like 
Buckethead was one I had on there. Yes. was on my, my long list because he's amazing, but he's not as well known. Um, I know I struggled with that one. I Steve did. Vai was another one I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Phil Collin from Def Leppard. <clears throat> Technically, maybe not one of the best, but he's a great... Um, what do you he's call a solid it? guitar player. Um, he's a solid, yeah. uh, solid harmony player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he's been, of course, doing it for a long time. All right, so my top two. My top two, um, I went back and forth on how to order these. But number two, Yngwie Malmsteen. I think he, if you ask any guitarist who were their influences or their inspirations, whatever, these top two, I think, come up pretty consistently. Yngwie Malmsteen was one of the the best guitar players, I feel, of his era. Um, and, yeah, there's not much else I can say. If you haven't heard of him, um, he's not one of the big names. If you're probably, you know, Jake or Matt's age, if you're, you know, under the age of 40. But, uh, yeah, awesome guitar player. Number one, whenever I hear about great guitar players, this is always the first first name that pops into my head when I think of great guitar players, and that's Eddie Van Halen. And because you listen to his Eruption solo, he was not only technically a great player, he was also an innovator too. How many people that came after him adopted his playing techniques, his sounds. I mean, so many guitar players owe a lot of what they do to, you know, what Eddie Van Halen came up with. So, and that's my top five. All right. Very, very interesting. I can't say that I'm to- I'm, I'm not surprised by several of your choices. Interesting. <laughs> No, I hated to. I, I think I mentioned this to you guys earlier. I hated to eliminate um, Jimi Hendrix because he was an innovator. But again, defining our metal and hard rock, I tried to be pretty strict about it. And I think that even though he was an innovator, that technically. There are a lot more technically superior players nowadays than than he was in his day. Interesting. <clears throat> well, all right. Not bad, Ed. Good job. Thank you. Out of the box, this as usual. Very interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. Ed's, Ed's, Ed's lists have been the most out of the box lists. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Well, he's I got think, a. He's I mean, got yeah. You, he's got Eddie Van Halen on there. Come on, yeah. Randy Rhodes on there. You know, I mean, I think that was very expected. <clears throat> at, at least it was for me. You know, going like he's he's always got that one way out, like Ingve Malmsteen. And what was your? Yeah. What was uh? Nuno Bencourt. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, wait. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and your other list too. You had some some ones that made me go. Yeah. What. <laughs> So who well, wants to go next? Matt, do you want to get your your direct response gripes? <clears throat> I I will. <laughs> um, 
All right, so I had to start where Ed started. Um, you know, this was out of the five. This was probably the only pure lock for me, and that's Randy Rhodes. Um, you know, neoclassical metal god, the maestro. Uh, with him, less was always more. Uh, you know, simple effects, simple guitars, simple amps. Uh, you, such a small amount, such a small sample size, and he left such a big impact, and really was a driving force behind a lot of guys' styles, uh, a couple of which I have on my list here. So, uh, and I think, you know, everyone gets caught up in the Ozzy stuff, but I think his Quiet Riot stuff uh, gets overlooked as well because uh, some of that stuff, you can Google it, YouTube it, is, uh, is really good. Um, so, number two, I'm going to go with Dimebag. So... What? Yep. Okay. Got to go with Dimebag. Got to go with Dimebag, number two. Uh, th- let me let me just say this before I get into my other picks. Uh, this is in no order whatsoever, and let me also say that this is no indictment on anyone that didn't make my list because this was one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life, not just on this show. Okay, so this is in no way I can interchange three or four of these guys in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, yeah. believe me, I'm sure all of you would agree. Um, so yeah, so Dimebag. Lightning fast fingers, uh, really at the core of that unbelievable Pantera sound. Uh, you know, very much as I said before, actually kind of, although a very different looking guy, kind of different attitude, very much in the Randy Rhodes style as far as sound. Uh, much more aggressive, maybe not as polished, but um, uh, similar styles there. So I had to go with Dimebag in my top five, definitely. Uh, number three, I have Eddie Van Halen. Um, everything that Ed said really revolutionized the genre with his bands uh that that beautiful tapping style that he had his <coughs> solos were some of the best solos you'll see uh, he had the he had the panache on stage as well to go with uh with david lee roth but uh, i think he is uh, not a lock per se but i think that he gets strong consideration from anybody making a short list of the greatest guitarist of all time uh so number four and, you know, I'm not going to, you know, we're talking about genres here and trying to keep it as specific as possible, but I can't split hairs on this guy. Um, he might not be what you consider hard rock, uh, but I think when Ed was talking about innovators, uh, he was certainly maybe the biggest innovator. And I think that his music is, most of his music is hard enough where you can peg him into a list like this uh, because I don't think you can make a list without this guy and that was part of the reason why I put him on here and that is Hendrix. I did put Hendrix on this list. Um, I think, and I I was telling Jake off the air that I think that along with a couple of guys maybe Les Paul, maybe Chuck Berry, I think that he did more for the instrument than anybody. Uh, You know, his use of distortion, the feedback, um, Mm. you know, he had technical mastery over the instrument he played the fucking thing upside down. <laughs> he played it with his teeth, man. Um, you know, whatever you want to call it, blues rock to psychedelic rock, um, you know, whatever the fuck rock you want to call it. Uh, it would be remiss <laughs> if he wasn't on this list for me. So I had to include him in that. Uh, and then my fifth choice, uh, Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple and Rainbow. Uh, very much that neoclassical style like Rhodes. Uh, he could really be described as maybe 
one one of the, maybe not the first, but one of the first guys who could really fucking shred, um, you know, with that shredding style. Uh, really very effortless when you watch him play with the instrument, and I think um, you know he gets overlooked <clears throat> sometimes with a lot of the contemporaries that were out at you know that were playing and getting big at the time guys like Paige Clapton and Jeff Beck um and you know who got more popular than he did uh at the same time so uh had to put in Richie Blackmore there uh, so that is my list <clears throat> yeah Richie Blackmore would have been he he fell just outside of my just outside of my short list there yeah, yeah. Long list too. but I yeah I've got a yeah my big I was always a big fan of Deep Purple growing up. Yeah, I same. dig their, I dig yeah. their music. He, was, he wound up on my long list very quickly as I started doing this. <clears throat> Sailor, do you want to go or do you want to... No, you go. You want to back clean up. Yep. Sailor's back clean up. All right, well, well, I'm going to... Uh, this might surprise you a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going <clears> to... <throat> I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and and caveat this in the same way that Ed did and 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 I'm gonna say that that my two favorite um, overall rock and roll guitar players I'm just gonna call them captains of the team and I'm gonna leave them off of my list of the five and that's Jimmy Page and Jimi Hendrix um, <clears throat> even though uh, you know when. When we did bass players, we hadn't quite um, pared down, you know, kind of how we wanted to go with this. And and we hadn't quite specified the hard rock, heavy metal. We just kind of said rock, you know, and metal. And so I did have John Paul Jones uh, on my bass list. Um, But in this criteria, I would leave him off, too, because I I don't consider Led Zeppelin um, a hard rock band. I just... And, and I don't necessarily consider Jimi Hendrix a hard rock musician, though I would, you know, it's, it's one of those things. This isn't the most influential guitar players <clears throat> list. This is, right. this right. is, that would be a different, very different <clears throat> list. Yeah. So, so I'm just going to call them the captain of the team and they're going to sit out as far as the, the top five. They, they're my two favorite. They're, they're two guitar players that I find very influential to every guitar player that we're going to have on these lists, but, but they're not going to be on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, who I will say on my list, and these are not in any particular order, but Dimebag Daryl definitely on the list of top five hard rock and metal guitar players. Um, when, you look, when, I, when I look at what my criteria for hard rock metal guitar players you got to be able to play a badass riff. <clears throat> you got to be able to shred, uh, and and if you can, you know, mix it up and maybe a little bit of other style too, just to show some range, that's helpful. Um, <clears throat> I've got two, two different, let's call it two different spots on my list of five, um, <clears throat> because hard rock and metal is a team sport in my opinion and when you got a band and and i know we talked about uh i don't know if we discussed this at the top of the show but uh, we kind of talked about maybe in our super group giving two spots for guitar players we did we said we if depending on how we add it up at the end of the show if there's a runner-up or a tie we're gonna have a rhythm guitarist and a lead guitarist is what we said because in, in hard rock and metal being able to play an awesome riff and you know the riff and the solo are both so important 
to awesome hard rock and metal. <clears throat> and in the team sport of a hard rock metal band, sometimes it's one guy that does both of those things. Sometimes it's two guys that, that join forces. And, and so I'm going to, I'm going to put Kurt Hammond and James Hatfield in together because they alternated on solos. They alternated on riff. <clears throat> so they're going in together for me. Cause I think that they played, <clears throat> they played together so well that it was impossible for me to separate the two. Um, and my other dueling banjos of sorts that's going in together will be uh, Mark Morton and Willie Adler of Lamb of God. Uh, these are two guys that just flat out can just riff and shred. And and in, the, in that heaviest of heavy metal genre, they do it better than anybody, <clears throat> in my opinion. Um. <clears throat> This is where it's very, a very sneaky <laughs> way of jaking the list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's you jake the list. You jake the list. <laughs> I, I'm hey, I'm sticking solid hard rock and metal in this. So doesn't matter. You're doing too many people. I'm not. No, you're you not because you're, you're well, sticking metal. <laughs> well, if we've if we're having a five person. Oh, so wait a second. You're putting, those, you're putting those two guys in as one Together. guy? Together. That's what I'm saying. Yes. It's oh. going to be just five people. Well, just five people. Oh, all right. In both of those bands, both of those bands have separate lead and rhythms, just like fine. our five-person five bands with great guitarists. You can five choose guitarists. any one of them. Super choose one of them, though. is going to have a rhythms and a lead, so... That doesn't mean it's a team. You can't choose, You can't make yeah. a team. It's it, five individuals. Period. <laughs> we all um, had to do it that way. That we all subscribe to it. That's all. That's got to be how it is. That's why these lists are so difficult. This was the point that yeah, we were that's challenging. Exactly why I'm doing it the way that lists. I'm doing. Then you uh, then you have more than five people. So no. you got to eliminate somebody. You do. No. Mm-hmm. Nope. So for my next. <laughs> <laughs> my next guitar player i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go tom morello from rage against the machine uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh we're talking about uh this is one of those guys that's super innovative uh in his playing style uh he's kind of the 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 forefront plays the riff um i don't know if i need to say too much about tom morello um and then i've got a couple just couple guys that well i'm just gonna call them uh honorable mentions uh they're wait, not in sure my wait you sure you don't want to add them to your list just you know yeah. since you're just you know you know hey you guys seven, all had honorable seven mentions. nine twelve guys <laughs> who, who's fucking counting no nope. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding jake just kidding. for the record for the record i did four slots with two of those slots being combo people but anyways <laughs> i had zach wild in a it's in an honorable slots. mention spot being that uh you know i know you guys had had randy rhodes with his uh his ozzy stuff but uh in my opinion ozzy's greatest solo album was osmosis and zach wild played guitar on that album so <laughs> I'm throwing Zach Wild in Zach there. Zach Wild was on my short list. Honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, Adam Jones from Tool got on my honorable mention, and uh, and Eddie Van Halen was also in my 
final, you know, final cut, honorable mention. Um, he would have been, you know, just so you guys see what I did, because I had two spots of of morphed dualisms. I I left my fifth spot off, but Eddie Van Halen would have been my fifth spot. <clears throat> well, that creates an interesting problem. It does. So while I'm giving my list, Jake, I need you to take a serious look at that, and you need to eliminate the extra people, and then tell us what your actual five list is, because it's going to make a difference. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you got it. You got to pare it down to five. It's I won't. I won't because <clears throat> now you if, have if we're to. okay, so then 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 we're, then our super group is only going to be a four person group. No, it's not. <laughs> if we have the a tie, that, it could be five. If we have a tie. If we have a tie, we've all only done five individuals. That's it. That's all you get. No, to because have. If, five if you look at my list, beings. the reason why I picked the reason why I picked Kurt and James together. And Mark and Willie together <laughs> separate is people. because they're from five person groups where they have but that's we're not how within we're doing a band, this. But that's not they how have we're a lead, this. and they have that's a rhythm. That's not rhythms. how we're doing this, though. Well, that's then we then we need this. to have a separate list of best rhythms and best lead because no, you can't you can't this put two rhythms guitar players on it, on it, and you can't put two lead guitarists in it. Sure, you can because we're putting <clears> dead people on the five list. Person, so who gives a shit? <laughs> Like, well, because because it's there's part dead of, people in the group. It's it's part of if if I you're picking people. a super group, then then if you're gonna have two guitar players and one of them's gonna play rhythm, then they better motherfucking be able to play both lead and fucking rhythm. If they're that no. fucking great, they better be but able that's to what I'm do saying. By, both, both either these, or as one human being. If you're a top five guitar player, I think it goes without saying that you yes, can carry do both. Either one, exactly. Otherwise, you don't belong on the list. No, because at the if end you of the day, ju- it's about winning. If you're it's about winning as having a team. to pair someone with another because each one couldn't stand on their then own, they don't belong on then the they list. don't belong That's on the not list. That's how it works within a team. Within yeah, a actually, great it does. Band. It does work no. that way. No, it does. because there's because there's a and reason why Joe some of the Joe guitar Satriani players that I'm going to mention not- can do both rhythm mm. and lead. Just so, like I said, while I'm doing no, my list, that's why Buckethead will never be considered the greatest. Because he can't fit within the realm of a great band, because he's too solo. If when it comes to the a great band is a team and they mesh well together. So if you're gonna pick, right? You have a drummer, uh, a singer, a bass player, and sometimes just one guitar player. Sometimes right. two guitar players. But the point is, we said we we're gonna pick but five to human beings only. With... You can't mesh two human beings together. You're making the idea of our ultimate band affect your decisions. Right. You can't do that. Exactly. You can't do that. That's supposed to just be a like an extra thing. Yeah. And, he's, and, he's, and he's preaching teamwork, but he's not. Playing along with the team. Right. Our team said <laughs> you choose five individuals. The end. So while I'm doing my list, you need to pare it down to five. And then we're going to ask you again to tell us who ended up on your final five. Okay? Cool? We'll see. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right. Top of my list was Randy Rhodes. I'm not surprised that uh, that's three of us that chose Randy Rhodes. Um, he defined a style of metal guitar playing at a burgeoning time in metal. He was incredibly pre- precise. In fact, he was so precise that it said that he could seamlessly double track anything he played. His technical skills were a mixture of intense natural ability and a phenomenal understanding of music theory. He was a master of the classical guitar, blues, jazz, hard rock, rock, and metal. 
So Randy Rhodes also had showmanship. He was known for his flamboyant outfits. He was known for wearing his platform shoes. And he liked to get out there and perform. Um, so, again, my I'm doing my criteria the same way I did singers and bass players. It's about, for me, people who um, were groundbreaking, people who were... Um, inspirational to the genre that followed after them as the genre was created. So he definitely falls into that category. Um, he's, you know, a legend that sadly did not have long enough on this earth for us to see what he would have become. Um, but nonetheless, he belongs for me at the top of the list. Um, next up, I have Eddie Van Halen. Again, not surprised that three of us have chosen Eddie Van Halen. Um, what more can be said about him? I don't know. In a way, I didn't really want to add him to my list because it feels so expected. It was so obvious. He's already been given the credit for his talent and body of work. But of course, in my opinion, no best guitarist list in hard rock or metal can exist without Eddie. For a long, long time to come, at least. Maybe in 20 years from now, perhaps 30 years from now, you know, he won't be as important on the list. I don't know. Um, Eddie's approach to playing was incredibly unique and involved several very distinctive components that has sp inspired generations, multiple generations now, of guitarists from various genres of music. And same thing, Ed, the instrumental eruption for me is all you need to know um, about Eddie Van Halen or all you need to go back to and listen if you're questioning because we're so used to hearing his songs now, it's, they're so overplayed on the radio that I think sometimes we forget how amazing he really is. Mm -hmm. That I went back and listened to Eruption and I watched him play it younger, in the middle of his career and recently, and I'm just like, fuck. He belongs on the list. Um, next on my list is Chuck Schuldiner of Death. Um, he absolutely 1000% deserves a place on this list. He shaped death metal. He shaped an entire genre of metal as the singer, songwriter, guitar player, music creator, and then producer, arranger, etc., etc. His technical melodic riffing, his alternate picking style... He relied on advanced techniques at various temp varied tempos rather than full-on speed. And that was incredible for death metal, still is incredible um, for death metal. I would ask everybody, if you're not familiar with Chuck Schuldiner or of the band Death, to listen to the song Pull the Plug. That's kind of like his uh, form of eruption, the Eddie Van Halen song. He is one of the most incredible technical guitarists and had such vision um, and again, created, shaped an entire genre of metal. Um, so I felt that he definitely belonged on this list. Um, next, I wanted to put on my list Hendrix, just like you guys. Um, so I think we all kind of agreed there. Um, he had a masterful way of merging the role of lead and rhythm guitarist. His playing was very different at the time. In specific, it's the way he played his notes and chords. As a matter of fact, there is a chord called the Hendrix chord. Um, he was also a master of experimentation and a pioneer of techniques at the time. It was, it's often said that most technically skilled guitarists are not able to push creativity, and most highly creative guitarists are not highly technically skilled. Jimmy was actually both. He was considered a, a genius in writing and in playing by his peers. However, I don't feel that he falls into the hard rock metal category as what we really kind of laid out for this. So instead, I went with Adrian Smith of Iron Maiden. Similarly, his riffs, his melody lines, he played a vital role in helping Iron Maiden become one of the greatest heavy metal bands 
of all time on the planet. Um, he was also cr- defined in a style and a sound that so many bands have uh, gotten inspiration from since. Um, he has an amazing range of uh, contemporary guitar sounds, trilling solos, um, where a single note is plucked repeatedly in conjunction with others. Um, he uses here and there throughout the music. He has a perfect, perfect example is that that is um, Heaven Can Wait and The Number of the Beast. Some of his riffs are so iconic that the minute you hear them, you know exactly who it is and what it is, even if you are not a fan of the band, even if you don't know metal, you can recognize the song. Um, mm-hmm. He is also a great showman. He, he, he's amazing to watch live um, and very inspirational for other um, guitar players that would come after him. I think you can hear a lot of uh, Iron Maiden's guitar work in many, many current bands. I've been hearing that since really the late 90s in a lot of other famous metal bands, so I felt that he belonged on the list. Um, and then last on my list, and I struggled with this, um, so I did want to put Buckethead on my list, but for the same same reason that you said, Jake, he's a soloist. He's not really, no matter if he plays were, were to play with the same band now for the next for the rest of his life, I still don't feel like it would be a band. It would always be Buckethead. Um so he didn't really make the cut for me, but the dude can play everything in in insane ways. Like, you know, you've got people Brilliant. like uh, Eddie, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, who was like, I have no idea how this guy does that. You know, some of these virtuosos we've talked about. He's ridiculous. Um, Jimmy Page. Th- no, there's no fucking way he was getting on my list. That's all I'm going to say about him. Uh, Ingve Malmsteen was on my long list as well. I mean... You know, what can you say about him? But he also helped shape, you know, how most Mm -hmm. metal players play. Joe Satriani was kind of everybody's teacher, Mm -hmm. everybody's guitar tutor. Um, And that's kind of why I didn't feel like he belonged on the list either. Um, Steve Vai was on my long list. Uh, So I ended my list after a lot of consideration with Zach Wilde. When he came Mm. onto the scene in the late 80s, he had... Interesting. To walk into the shoes that he walked into as a guitar player, I f- think, must have been so daunting, and he was so young. But he actually does not get the credit, really, from the mainstream for his technical skills that he really should, actually. He's actually an astounding technical guitarist and he actually created his own sound and his own way of playing as well that others have been emulating. Um, his three note per string scales and sweeping pickups um, were the norm when when he started out, but he manipulated that in such creative ways um, with the use of his pentatonic scales to define to define their individual niche. Um, he had his own take on all of the scales that really made him that really helped him to forge his own style. And so I felt like that's why he belonged on this list, because he really did forge a unique style, kind of saw, okay, these guys are doing this, this, and this. This is really amazing. This is really popular. This works really well. I'm going to take all of that. By the way, I can do it super easily in my young 20s, and now I'm going to really shape that into my own sound. And um, and that's what he did. And he's also another phenomenal showman. Um, you know, everybody knows Zach Wilde. Again, even if you don't listen to hard rock or metal, you know Zach Wilde. Um, and you so recognize his guitar. You, uh, you rec- oh, yeah. Exactly. You recognize his guitar, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you do recognize his guitar sound. And so I actually um, had someone help me, and I said, I want you to play all of these riffs 
that I kind of downloaded, cut up, and I'm like, I want, I need to know if I can pick out Zach Wild when he's playing them. <clears throat> and I'll tell you, I don't listen to his, new, I haven't listened to Zach Wild stuff in I don't know how. So it's not like I recognize the songs. And I made sure everything was super isolated. And I did. I picked it out. Um, I think it was like seven of ten times I could pick it out. And so I feel like that, to me, was very important. Like, to me, that's a very defined sound, a defined style. So therefore, he went on my list. So that is my five. So, so far, we have three for Randy Rhodes, three for Eddie Van Halen, and two for Dimebag. So Dimebag, sorry, dude, falls off the list. So now, Jake, I'm going to go back to you again, and I'm going to ask you to pare down your list to the five to see if that changes um, what's going to happen with who is our ultimate yeah. guitarist. I was going to say real quick, all this love for Randy and Zach and no love for Jakey Lee in there. I mean, there's love for him. He would have yeah. gone on a long, long list, but he's not gonna. He's not yeah. gonna touch he any bridged, of the guys. He bridged on the list. gap. Yeah. It all. Yeah. It all sounds like '80s hard rock to me. <laughs> all right, Jake. It's all you. It's up to you whether we have uh, well, two guitar players. Well, or I one. guess the only uh, <clears throat> the only one that matters is that I add Eddie Van Halen in my fist spot. <clears throat> it's really all that matters because. Because that's gonna Unanimous. make him the overall winner, the wiener. Well, that's why I said pare it down to your or or. Well, he was in my fist spot anyways, so <clears throat> right. So you can just. Are you gonna? Is that what you're going with? Yeah. All right. All right. It is Eddie Van Halen as our guitar player. Wow! So um, far, I'm three for three on my predictions. <laughs> I'm See, two for now three. this fucked up my prediction because I thought we were I'm all going to choose three. Randy. I thought it was going to be Randy, but Randy did not make the cut in the end. And we don't we don't have a... We have one guitar player in our band. We do not have two. Well, one's all you need. I just Unless got, we, could, we could put Randy in there if it's Andy, got, If it's Eddie Van Halen, one's all you need. I mean... <laughs> I just got, just, I just got goosebumps know. thinking of Freddie and Eddie on stage together. Oh, oh my God. Can you imagine? imagine? Dude. With Cliff? No. And Cliff, I mean, oh, man. oh Cliff would have loved to play with Eddie. Can Eddie? Imagine Cliff oh, and Eddie together. Oh, especially, damn. especially with what drummer I hope wins. See. Just <laughs> having, having, having the four of them together would be sick. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, my predictions are fucked. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I have to say that my singers was very easy for me. I came up with my list yeah. like that. My bass players was pretty pretty easy too, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, it was funny because I d- don't know a lot about bass, and it's, I'm going to have to do the same thing with drums. So I really pushed myself. I like started studying a little bit as a bit of music theory so I could understand why people, when they speak technically about some of these artists, why they say the things they do and what it means. Um, this one, though, almost killed me. I know, this this is so painful. one, I oh my changed gosh. my list. Like th- I've been working on it <laughs> since we came up with this idea. Just like, well, I wonder what I would put on my list. Mm-hmm. This almost killed me. This one was so brutal, brutal. Yeah. Yeah. There was basically yeah, never- <clears throat> there was there was basically I knew Dimebag had to be on it, <clears throat> and then it was like, <clears throat> well, you got, I explained my logic for two of my other picks but that was that was where it got difficult because it was like well 
the guitar sound that I love is the two of these guys playing together. <laughs> and so it was really difficult to say, oh, well, this guy, you know, because could this guy be as great as he is without the other one with him together? So it, that was where I, I couldn't not have it that way. So I like the outside the box thinking, but it, yeah. Well, and, 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 and I would have curbed it, except that we had talked about having in the supergroup two guitar players. So it's like, okay, well, then that fits that mold. We said maybe, though. We <laughs> okay. said maybe well, that, if yeah. we had a tie. That's now, can you imagine if we had a Randy and Eddie tie? <clears throat> Holy shit. That would have been sick oh, as fuck. But, but I don't think Randy imagine and Eddie would have played together well stage. together. No, I think they absolutely would. Oh, I think, yeah. I don't think, I think they would have played it, I, well No, together. I think they would have played phenomenal together because that's the thing about Randy. Eddie would have been the lead, and Randy would have been happy to do rhythm, and mm-hmm. I think they would have complemented each other beautifully because they're both, they both have a virtuoso style of playing, and Randy was, Randy was a blues guy. He was a jazz guy. He can fit into anything. So I think he would have fit into that rhythm slot I, beautifully. I would have loved to hear... I tell you what. I would love to hear... Uh, here's somebody that can throw it in a little bit heavier on the rhythm side. Even maybe even, I mean, even though James is not in any way the best guitar player, no. he plays. He's a great rhythms guitar player, and I would have. Can you imagine Eddie's solos on top of James? You know, rhythm I style. The heavier. This- heavier rhythm style i don't know i i know that you guys like the uh you know that 80s hard rock early metal sound i don't so when i listen to the rhythms that's not deep to me deep is an actual octave deep like down tuned yeah, yeah i like i like the heavier rhythm style and that's where i that's that's why randy wouldn't be on my list because i he never really got I mean, he's a great, you know, lead guitar player. Don't get me wrong. He's a very talented, was a very talented, you know, guitar player in his own right. I just, that's not the style of, of music that I particularly enjoy. So that was why he didn't, you know, make my short list. Were you a Quiet Riot fan, Jake? Uh, I mean, it's not bad. I, I think probably um, because uh, metal, was it Metal Health? That was after yeah. Randy, wasn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah, was, that was post Randy. Because I mean, that was an okay album to me. I don't know. That's there's just a lot of that. I feel like the stuff he wrote was very different than when he did with Ozzy. Yeah, very, very different. Yeah, I just it, it it's just not a style that I really enjoy. I think I kind of went from that classic rock style, the Led Zeppelin, the '80s. You know that '80s style. I just I don't. It's it's an era that is not what I particularly enjoy to listen to. Like I said, my fav- favorite Ozzy, I'll say Ozzy quote-unquote solo, because Ozzy, that Osmosis album is my favorite Ozzy solo. I like that his voice is a little bit lower on that album. The guitars play lower on that album. They, you know, It's, it's more of that deeper, heavier style. Um, Pantera going into you know that drop tuning um that that's more where metal goes off for for me we've talked about it before that the early the early metal genre stuff is just i don't care for it too much Hmm. well it's just not a stylist yeah i think uh maybe we might want to have a break yeah let's take a break let's do that 
take a break. Good time to do it. Let's do it. And we'll be back in a couple minutes. All right. Or actually, in about 15 seconds for the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Rock out! Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. So let's just run down the list really quick for um, people that might not have been listening. If you haven't caught up yet, um, go back and listen to the show of best singers, best bass players. Um, so the singer that won the first round was Freddie Mercury. The bass player mm-hmm. of our ultimate band uh, is Cliff Burton. And now our guitar player that we're adding to the mix is Eddie Van Halen. And next show will be drummers. I think that Mm -hmm. one's going to be as difficult as this one was. Uh, It is for me, at least. I I don't know. I couldn't imagine anything being more difficult. No, it's not going to be as difficult, (laughs) I don't think. Yeah, but still, I think it's going to be quite difficult for me to decide. I mean, I know Lars is going to be right up there, number one on my list. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what would have been my prediction. I already know my top five. Damn, I do not. I have my list okay. immediately in my head. So is that seven or eight? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so well, is your top five, do we seven have one, or eight drummers? Do we have a drummer and a percussionist? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody playing a timpani? A, con- playing a, a conga play? A, a drummer and the guy with the cowbell? And got the, the drum bongos? tech. <laughs> he just happens to have the number seven on his hat. Oh, God. That. <laughs> is, any, is, anybody, is anybody playing the... Uh, the uh, Tam- tambourine, blanking on the tambourine. <laughs> oh Jesus! The tambo. The yeah, because the tambourine is so prevalent in metal and hard rock. Yeah, Mickey Dolan's sure. on the tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest rock and metal tambourine players. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great uh, skit. Fucking amazing. Oh we should do like, that do for you... April Fool- April Fool's Day. <laughs> well, think about it. Who do you think, like, if, of all of these musicians, like, that you could put on a tambourine and be like, okay, dude, there's a gun against your head, you know, and someone's gonna blow up your family. You've got to find a way to incorporate the tambourine into this into into your songs and you've got to do it well and you've got to have showmanship on stage like who do you think would be able to actually pull that off so i think what you could do is if you if you clipped a microphone to the tambourine and then ran the microphone through a distortion pedal (laughs) (laughs) my family is safe distorted tambourine you saved your family (laughs) And then what would it look like, though? So imagine, you know, what everybody looks like when they're banging their head playing a tarmine. Are you going to have the tambourine up or are you going to have it down? I get a little yeah, feedback little... from that going, too. You got you to... Gotta, little side-to-side to... action. What you have to do is you got to hold it to where you can to where you can double tap it, like a double kick bass. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, like, get that machine gun sound. <laughs> like between any... your legs, one on each thigh. <laughs> tip hap, hip like a spoon man? I mean? Oh my god! <laughs> fucking weird. 
We've lost our fucking minds. All right. Well, guys, that was as interesting as I thought it was going to be. Less bloody than I thought it was going to be, though. Yeah. We didn't. I don't. I, I thought there's going to be a lot more contention in the choices, but. Uh, I think the only had, contention was Jake's doubling up of well, the. Uh, how how do that? I always end Guitars. up being the contentious one? Because you <laughs> are the extra people. Remember the singers? <laughs> how many people were in your, in your ended up in your singers list? There was like twelve. You're like, well, here's why this one is number nine. <laughs> I'm a master of semantics. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm excited yeah. to see who we're all going to choose for drummer, and then. Um, what our ultimate band is going to look like and sound like and be called because I think we're going to have to name it. Just saying. Oh. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> so maybe we'll have to come up with like top three names each and then have the listeners vote and decide. Group decide. Or we take yeah. like... Okay. We take <laughs> the names of all of their bands and mash them into Mash them up. <laughs> Queen Halen Queen Halen Tikalanka <laughs> Queen Halen Metalla Metalla Halloween Halen Metalla Halloween McQueen Halen Ooh that was actually oh. pretty good Ed. Say that again McQueen Halen <laughs> Or you can do Meta Van Queen That's yeah that's Met- one of those Oh I like Meta Van Queen That's one of those like uh uh, one of those like Finnish metal bands. <laughs> metal band queen, I like it. We That's are awesome. Metal band queen, we want to rock queen. you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Boy. enough of that shit. Ed, take it away. All right. So to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in this week, and um, we invite you to join us next week. Where we will be, as we said, discussing the drummers, part four of our series, and determining who will make up our ultimate band. But until that time, would you guys like to discuss anything you've been listening to lately? Or watching, as it were? Okay, so upon Sailor's request, uh, I just finished watching Homecoming. (gasps) What'd you think of it? Okay. I don't know what I think of it yet. I'm still like processing it because it was <laughs> it, it was like a runaway train, right? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to describe it without any spoilers. I'm just gonna try to stick to describing the theme of it because it's really weird and it's it's like I mean, is there plans for there to be a second season or was no the clue. idea? It feels like the idea was that they took. What could have been a two-hour movie and stretched it into essentially like ten hours of TV, <laughs> or well, five and a half hours. Although basically. I don't feel like it's oh, I feel like they left it so open-ended though. <clears throat> but the, but in a way, they that's why I'm processing because I'm I'm torn between is it open-ended or is it closed? Because the the fi- I mean, <clears throat> for one, each episode is climaxes like the there's a climactic point in each episode but mm-hmm. then at the end of each episode i was torn between whether i felt like i was still left in suspense or if i just kind of was disappointed like nothing really ever happened like you felt like so much was about to happen and then at the end of each episode i was like man did it 
did anything really happen? (laughs) (laughs) And that was kind of where I'm still at with the end of it. Because part of me really enjoyed the roller coaster of suspense and, you know, wanting and longing for something Mm -hmm. to happen. But at the end, I'm kind of like, well, did anything really happen at all? Well, I mean, yes. Of Was course. it all just a dream? No, of course. <laughs> no, not like happened. not like that. <laughs> not not like well, did for, it. For me, yeah. for me, I think what I was gagging over was the camera work and the direction. There were so many nods to so many phenomenal directors in there. Scene cuts and you know the way they incorporated the music and whether uh, just just the way like there the was so shaping much, like, of the team hit, you know there the, were there were, the hit, there was so much Hitchcock in there there was Lynch in there there was uh-uh. I, I was dying over it but it was done so well it wasn't like oh I'm gonna throw in all these direction styles it was beautifully done that's yeah, what the, I found the music the, most interesting. the music and the audio department in general was the way so they set the scenes it was hugely crazy. incorporated yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> What was that? Oh. <laughs> it's our My sound department. Yeah, that's yeah. We have our very own sound department. That's the sound department. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, we I just got know. done with that. Awesome, awesome. Well, I um, saw Venom for the first time last night, and. Oh. Um, I wanted a warm blanket and my mommy afterwards. I hated it. <laughs> I hated it with a passion. I wasn't I expecting much it. of it. I hated mm. it. Yeah, it seems like people either love it or hate it. That's kind oh, of I felt like I was it. watching a DC movie. Hmm. How about you, Matt? Uh, well, I'm going to bore you guys with some a little bit of wrestling stuff because you guys know I'm a huge wrestling fan, but. Um, I stumbled upon a new podcast called Something to Wrestle um, with a gentleman by the name of Bruce Pritchard, who was the head of WWE Creative. Basically, he was one of the ones that wrote storylines and, and everything uh, from probably 87 all the way up until 95, uh, which, you know, to someone like Jake and myself is like the golden era of wrestling because uh, you had all your major stars there. You had all the larger than life characters there. Uh, and he basically shoot what they call shoots, and he tells the real life stories of those guys on the road and all the crazy shit that they did, and and some interesting backstage conflicts with guys like Hogan and, and you know Macho Man and stuff like that. Um, so you know any back wrestling in the fans when it was back WWF. in the heyday, <clears throat> back when these guys were you know to kids like us they were larger than life characters who could do no wrong, but you know obviously they're athletes and humans and all pilled out and all that stuff. So. Um, you know, some very interesting stories that he has to share. Uh, so I would definitely suggest that if you are a wrestling fan, especially a wrestling fan from that time, <clears throat> that, that time period. Yeah, that time Actually. period. Yeah. So I I'm wasn't sure, a wrestling yeah. fan back then, but it was such a prominent part of American culture at the mm-hmm. time. Especially you had, you didn't have as much to see and watch and do oh, yeah. back then. Well, I mean, Saturday you know, morning, so. there was wrestling on every Saturday, you know. I mean, I've talk- I think I talked about Glow last year when I was going through that series and how phenomenal Glow was for little girls. Like, we were obsessed with it. But I, I, I would find that podcast interesting because I think for people my age, even though I didn't 
really. I mean, I, I would. I watched it and I knew, you know, like Hulk Hogan and, you know, I knew a bunch of the famous ones because they were on... They were on Saturday. What the heck was it? Was the Saturday coach? morning or Saturday? Yeah, but there was yeah, they were cartoons. Well, a bunch uh, of them toured with know. Cindy Lauper for a yeah, while. Yep. Yeah, they were on cartoons. They would make appearances on our favorite sitcoms, you know, and um, so it was such a big part of American culture that I think it, I, I would think anybody from our generation would find that interesting. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like that the wrestling like the WWF and the NWO or whatever have kind of slipped out of the mainstream zeitgeist that you know mm-hmm. they used to be um, into more of a niche kind of you know more that they just like the diehard fans you know kind of still uh, watch it but the fighting the the, the the fighting sports in general have kind of yeah you know slid off where even i mean boxing used to be like the pre you know such a premier sports event oh yeah in yeah. you know f- you know front front and center in athletic culture and now it's it's even you know very much niche and ufc it's all it seems like all of those combat type of uh yeah. events let's just say are are all kind of they're, they've kind of find either their pay-per-view or cable station, and that's about it. Well, boxing is almost an extinct entity now with how how UFC has taken off. Yeah, yeah. That's because there's no... Uh, well, we're getting into boxing, boxing discussion, but there's no... You have to have a prominent heavyweight fighter in order for there to yeah. be... Because people want to when I was a kid, you know, Muhammad Ali mm-hmm. and Sugar Ray Leonard were like household names. Yeah. Back and in the day, I don't know. Well, same with Mike Tyson, now. but well, yeah, oh, Mike, Mike Tyson, Tyson yeah, sure. Mike Tyson for well, I would sure. Say yeah. Floyd, I would say Floyd Mayweather's a household name. Almost. Yeah. 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 Nobody yeah. wants to see sure. a bunch of little guys slap each other. They want to see knockouts. Well, <laughs> no, you're right. That's what they want to see. Yes, <laughs> I think yeah. that people are much more interested <laughs> in watching reality television and a bunch of fucking idiots sit around in rooms in a house oh. manipulating each other so someone can win. And Fake I mean, I don't know how television. the fuck that's entertainment or a bunch of rich bitches <laughs> fighting each other and out out rich bitching each other with their fake tits and their plastic faces. Like, <laughs> here's our gluttony. reality TV like, show with 15 writers on staff. Exactly. <laughs> All of that yeah. shit makes me want to vomit. But there's real housewives of every fucking state in the country. I mean. I, they're gonna start. I think even now they're expanding. Now it's the cities too. Like, well, we've got Real Housewives of of you know the West Coast, the East Coast, this city, that city, that state, that state. What the fuck? Why do you want to watch a bunch of people, regular ordinary assholes, by the way, fight with each other, yell and scream at each other, and cry? That's what you're watching. That's I what has replaced wrestling and boxing. I don't get it. It's true. Yeah. There's no well, talent I haven't been... there at all. Sorry. Yeah, Thanksgiving and everything, I've been pretty busy. But one one thing I did watch, finally, I know it's been a long time coming. I already discussed this with uh, Jake and Drum Matt. Roll. I did finally see Avengers Infinity War. So that's that's my thing for the week. So that was pretty interesting. Um, I don't want to give it away. There may be other people out there who haven't seen it yet. But yeah, the ending... Like people in Guam. Not what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ending was not what I expected either. But yeah. So yeah. anyway, obviously there is more to come. That's all I'll say. Oh yes.
an amazing discussion, guys, and we hope all of our listeners enjoy it. Uh, and please tune in next week uh, for another new episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey. And to all of our listeners, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes. Please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. You can also follow us individually on Instagram. Yours truly, at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey, save the E, Ed. They can follow me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Sailor. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you can find me on the internet as Sailor Retro. And you can find me on Instagram at bourbon.spartan. And uh, this was a lot of fun. This was a. This was, I, you know, mm-hmm. it, it got a little bit contentious because of me, I guess. <laughs> Mr. Contention. <laughs> but uh, hey, we hope we hope you guys all enjoyed it as well. Go out and uh, go out and listen to your favorite uh, rock and metal guitarist, and, and let us know what you think in our uh, metal rock and whiskey Facebook group. And uh, but hey, drinks are empty. Time to get out of here. Go tip your waitress. See ya. Later. Later, everyone. Fuck you, Jimmy Page.